Raina Telgemeier draws comics, but they're not full of superheroes and monsters. Instead, they're stories inspired from her own life and things that happened to her growing up. On this episode of the Explorers Club, Raina Telgemeier tells us all about... Drawing, writing, how her brain works. And... All her family's pet fish. Raina talks about the stories behind her stories, like... Did a snake really get stuck in her mom's car like happens in her book Sisters? Raina tells us the answer to that question and so much more on this episode of Explorers Club. When did you realize that illustrating and, and drawing and doodling, that it was really helping you in your life? Well, I started drawing when I was an infant, you know, as soon as I could hold a crayon and, and pieces of paper. And then, um, you know, all through elementary school, I was using art to communicate my thoughts, my ideas, but it wasn't until I discovered comic strips, which was in about the fourth grade that I realized that I had found the magic combination, which was words and pictures together. And so I started making comic strips. I started trying to make people laugh with comic strips. It didn't always work. That's one of the challenges, I think. Um, And I really just made them for myself. So after school, I'd go home and I'd want to write about my day and all the things that that had happened to me and all the conversations I'd had with my friends. And so I started just illustrating my friends and I and putting word balloons in our mouth and then trying to show little sequences of the things we did. So I made comic strips for myself in private for many, many, many years before I realized that what I was doing just for me was something that I could do and share with other people. And so these were just, you know, everyday life experiences. There weren't big superheroes overtaking your comic strips? No. And that's part of why for so long I thought, well, I could never do this for a living. Um, It doesn't look like what my impression of comics is, which is, as you just described, either superheroes or uh, comic books, you know, very colorful, 24 pages. And comic strips were my first passion. But like I said, when I started trying to do them and show them to people, they were the standard, you know, three or four panels and a punchline. Punchlines are really hard to write. And I didn't feel like it was my wheelhouse. So Um, It wasn't until much later when I discovered that there were something called indie comics or independent comics um, that people were making themselves that I found just this vast universe of different genres and different formats and and people talking about all sorts of things that I realized, okay, there's maybe a place for me in all of this. Well, Jackie wrote to us saying we have some uh, questions coming at you. Uh, Jackie is a fifth grade student at Stevens Elementary in Madison and wants to really know where you got your inspiration to write your books. Well, the inspiration for my first book, which was Smile, came from something that happened to me when I was in middle school, which was that I had a terrible dental accident. And I had been telling people that story out loud for years because it happened to me when I was 11. And by the time I was in my mid-20s and I was already making comics as a thing I did for fun, I decided I am just going to try and commit this whole story to paper. It's going to be long. It's going to be complicated. But I'm just going to start writing it down and see what happens. 
And so that's where the idea for Smile came from. And after Smile was published, people were so interested in hearing more stories about my life and my childhood that I started digging deeper into things like my family relationships and even into my own internal world, which might be the scariest thing of all to write about. How do you feel? Why do you feel that way? Um, Because you have to confront some things and think about them. (laughs) And I'm wondering, did you ever have to do like any family meetings to say, hey, everyone, I'm going to write about this thing that happened in in our life because there are other people. You have other family members. I do. I let them see the scripts. Like I showed my sister the script for Sisters before it was published. And I said, if there is anything in this book that you don't feel okay about, I want you to tell me. And mostly she just helped to inform the way that my brother acts in that story. She remembered better <laughs> than I did that he was a very, uh, it was hard for him to sit still when he was a little kid. So he used to tap everything and make up little songs and stuff. And it drove her crazy. But I didn't remember that detail because I guess it didn't drive me crazy. Yeah. Um, so, so they helped me bring some authenticity to it. Um, I want my, my family to feel like it's something that they can be proud of too. So, yeah, I I, I take that into consideration very strongly. Well, let's take a call now about your book, Sisters. Isla is joining us from Wanakee. Hi, Isla. Hi. Hi. What's your question, Isla? Yeah. Go ahead. I love your sister's books. I am wondering, did you actually get a king snake stuck in your mom's car? (laughs) (laughs) that is a true story yes my sister got a snake and i did not like the snake because i don't like snakes and then um something was wrong with the way the snake was eating so my mom and sister went to take it back to the vet and they put it in a paper bag which probably wasn't the best idea and then while they were in the car going to the vet the snake got out of the bag and it crawled up into the front side passenger seat and it stayed there for six months. Oh, no. <laughs> and we tried, I know, we tried everything to lure it out. We put, you know, mice in the car. We put food out. We put traps. We put all sorts of things. And after several months, we figured, well, it's probably dead because we haven't seen it. And it hasn't eaten in this whole time. Uh, no, it was not dead. And six months later, it, it came back out. Well, that is a perfect plot for a graphic novel. (laughs) (laughs) We have another listener, Alina, who says Alina loves your books and is wondering if someone wanted to be an author like you, what would you say to them? What would you suggest? There are so many things you can do right now. And the first one is to draw. Try drawing what you see in front of you. Try drawing things that exist only in your mind. You can even try copying your favorite characters that already exist. And that's fine. It's fine to copy because that's part of how you learn to make shapes and to put them down on the page. But it's important not to copy and then say that it's yours and Mm. say that you created this character. But, um, you know, practice. And, And if you're interested in making comics specifically, it's really important to listen to the way that people talk. And normally I would suggest going out into the world, you know, with a sketchbook or a notebook and trying to jot down what you hear people saying out in public. Obviously right now that's maybe not the best idea, but you can try this exercise while you're watching television or with your family members at home or with your friends over 
Zoom, just just kind of start to get a feel for the way that words work. Do you still practice drawing every day? Do you get warmed up? Oh, I wish I could say that I did. I've done it for so many years that I have a pretty strong muscle memory for mm-hmm. the way that things look. So I don't spend as much time warming up as I, I should. But when I'm traveling and when I find myself in new places, especially if it's a place where I have time to just sit and and be <laughs> for a few hours, I love to pull out my sketching tools. And so I have all these little, they're just like ink drawings of places that I've traveled, outdoor places, indoor places. It's very relaxing. Um, I wish I had more time to do that in my regular life. And so now when we're all at home, how are you spending your days now during the pandemic? It's actually not that different from the way I spend my days anyway, which is that I spend time on things like email and making food for myself and taking care of my cats. But I'm also sitting and thinking and I'm writing and I'm sketching and I'm not in the middle of working on a book at the moment. I have an idea for a couple of books percolating, but I haven't sat down to start drawing the actual art. So this this phase of it is just more about taking in. So I'm reading a lot of books and I'm watching a lot of television and I'm I'm looking at art that other people do and I'm I'm just kind of a sponge right now absorbing everything and then when it's time I will be very busy and chained to my desk. But yeah, my my life right now is pretty quiet and everybody in my family is healthy, thankfully. We have a caller now. Sophia from Wanakee is here. Hi, Sophia. Hi, Raina. Hi. Did you like the trip from San Francisco to Colorado and what was the best part? I had a pretty good time on that trip. Yeah, it was really long. My family probably could have done that drive in a couple of days, but we did it in a week in either direction so that we could stop and be tourists and see the sites. And um, we stayed in campsites the whole way, so it wasn't too expensive. So, oh gosh, we went to the Grand Canyon on the way home, which does not make it into the book, but Grand Canyon's amazing. And I think after all of that time spent <laughs> just on boring roads and in the car and fighting with my siblings to see something like that. It's very humbling. And it kind of put us all in a quieter headspace. I can't imagine how you would draw the Grand Canyon. I didn't. That's why it's not in the book. (laughs) (laughs) The things that stand out in my memory, because this happened quite a while ago, were just the quieter moments and the sort of smells and the feelings that I got and the little interactions between my family members. I remember my mom having to get gas at a gas station and it was pouring rain and she didn't have a choice. And this was back in the days when there wasn't like an ATM machine attached to the gas pump. So she had to go inside of the little station and then pay and then she had to go pump the gas. And (laughs) so she, she came back from the, from doing that and got back into the car soaking wet. And she looked at us and she said, whoa, doggies. <laughs> we all looked at her like she was crazy and then started laughing at her. And she was like, what? That's an expression. That's a thing people say. But it stands out in my mind as just such a dorky, <laughs> like funny thing. But it, I didn't put it in the book because there was there was no um, perfect place for the, the moment to be in the book. And I would have kind of had to explain 
how it was so dorky. But, you know, there's there's a lot of memories like that one that are that are part of that experience. Well, Dahlia is a fifth grader at Rome Corners Intermediate in Oregon, Wisconsin. And Dahlia wants to know, how do you know how to draw just the right expressions on your characters? <laughs> that is a great question. So when you're thinking about what a character is saying, where they are, who they're talking to, you, the cartoonist, are thinking about every part of their face and, you know, the position that they're sitting in. And so you you throw yourself into it. And I keep a mirror next to my desk so I can see what my face looks like. And sometimes I get up out of my chair and I try and put myself into a dynamic position so that I can really feel what it feels like. And then that helps me to draw the character on the page. But I also study other artists who draw faces and I look at people's faces in real life. And sometimes I ask my friends to pose for me. So this is another skill that you can absolutely develop over time. And it it comes to you more naturally the more you do it. Well, let's take another call now. Reese is here from Holman. Hi, Reese. Hi. How did you get the idea of ghosts, and do you believe in ghosts? Do I believe in ghosts? Um, I believe in memories. So after people pass away, I believe that the memory of that person sticks around for a long time, and that you may remember them very fondly and very deeply. So it's kind of like that person is still with you in a lot of ways. Um, and the idea from the book came from a lot of different places. I had been grappling with a couple of different losses in my life, one of which was a a 13-year-old girl who passed away from a brain tumor. And she was such a great little kid. And she was so optimistic. And she was the one who, when everybody else was upset and worried about her her health, she was like, it's going to be fine. I feel great right now. Like, please don't cry. And her story just inspired me so much, but I didn't want to tell her story particularly. And um, I was also inspired by the place that I grew up, which is Northern California. And we have these windswept beach landscapes. The beach in Northern California is not where you go to sunbathe. Mm -hmm. And it's not warm. It's like the water is not good for swimming. And so it ends up being much more atmospheric and a place that people go just to walk. And it's very mysterious. There's often fog. There's sounds and And the water and crashes against the rocks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's so visceral. And so I thought about this place. I thought about my, you know, people that I had lost. I thought about lore and uh, stories that people tell each other. And and it just, it all sort of came together over quite some time. It took me, I think it took me about eight years to create that story in my head before I started actually working on the comic. Hey, Reese, are you still there? Do you, do you like the, do you like the book Ghosts? Are you reading it now or did you finish it? Mm, I finished it. I've read it about five times. It's my favorite. Aw. You. Do you learn, do you find something new every time you read it? Yeah. 
Yeah, I bet you like that to be able to to discover something new at when you reread something. Raina, do you do that? Do you read things sometimes multiple times to find new things? I do with comics. <laughs> I can read my comics over and over and over again because um, I find that the first time I read a comic book, I'm reading it pretty quickly just to find out what happens and to to get the story. And then I need to go back as soon as I've read it to kind of go slowly and to really look at the pictures and to absorb how the artist set everything up in the story. And then I go back again and again, sometimes a year later, sometimes a week later, it always hits me differently. And I feel like I learned something. There's, there's so much to be gotten out of those rereads. They're so valuable. It's doing so much to your brain. Well, let's go to Sydney now in Verona. Hi, Sydney. Hello. I would like to ask, how many fish have you had, and do you remember the name? Oh, my goodness. How many fish did my family have? A lot, <laughs> but I don't remember all of their names. I remember that that Rosemary was the first one that I had, and Bubbly was my sister's first fish, and then Bubbly died, and then we got Bobo Lee, which is named after the pizza crust. Um, those are the only three I actually remember, but I know there was a much longer line of fish, and my brother probably had a fish, and my brother actually had like a, a like I think an iguana a little bit later down the line, and yeah, we've we've had a lot of weird pets over the years. Well, we're almost out of time, but do you have any suggestions where kids can go to get some good feedback on their comics that they're writing? I think that your peers, your friends, your classmates might be the best critique group. And it's scary to show people what you've been working on, but that's the way to get better. And, you know, finding that person who's who's good at looking and thinking and talking. That person might be a good critique buddy. But if you don't have classmates or, or peers that you can turn to, you can always go to the library and ask a librarian if they have a comics club. And if they don't have a comics club, you might be able to ask to make a comics club. And there might be local cartoonists in your area who'd be willing to come in and spend an afternoon talking about comics and and helping you get better at them. (laughs) Raina, thank you so much for joining us. You're very welcome. The Explorers Club is brought to you by Wisconsin Public Radio. I'm your host, Kate Archer-Kent. This podcast was produced by Colleen Leahy and Brad Kohlberg. Carl Christensen wrote our music. Our executive producer is Molly Stentz. Do you like this episode? Let us know. We're at kids at WPR.org. You can find more episodes at WPR.org slash kids and wherever you get your podcasts. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.